0: My name is Dr. Andrew Hahn, and welcome to episode 49 of the podcast, Guided Self-Healing, Fearless Living. And today, we are going to uh, open to the last subject of our book before we actually talk about how to do the healing work, which is chapter 13 of the book, which is about opening to all times, dimensions, and levels. And when we talk about opening to all of these things, the key again is to have no presuppositions about the nature of reality, but to let life inform us or teach us if we don't go in with preconceived ideas. And um, some of these ideas will no doubt seem strange, but we'll just go on the journey together and see. And for some of you, of course, they won't seem strange. So you know, it's gonna be what it is for you, obviously. So, but it is in this idea of having no preconceptions about the nature of life, but letting life teach us, that opens us to all kinds of possibilities for the causes of our problems, where our problems originate, and practices and interventions we can do to resolve them. Um, And so, of course, we have to open to everything. And that's who we are. So when we talk about opening to all times, dimensions and levels. Let's start by talking about all times. And the key here is to realize that while from a certain point of view, time is linear and it goes from the past to the present. And uh, you know there's a material level to it, which is what we can sense through our five senses, which is of course that our lifetime is the lifetime, there's a whole other way of understanding this, which is to say that we open to everything about the nature of time and the time can go in any direction, which has been revealed to us through physics, and that all of those different time dimensions are happening simultaneously right now, which means where can our problems originate? They can originate in our current lifetime at any age, right? And all of those ages are available to us right now, as we said, through body sensations, that all of who we are is here. And all of what we've experienced in this lifetime is here through discomfort, if it's something we couldn't handle, or lovely body sensations and heart warmth or a sense of opening or a sense of lightness, if it's a good one. But everything we are remembering is here right now then we can start opening to what we call other lifetimes. And other lifetimes can be in what we call the past or what we call the future. And it's interesting to know that, uh, and I don't wanna say very much about this, but even you know the root cause of our trauma can be in what we call the future. And if that's the case, It's like any other story. It could be the future in our current lifetime or the future in a lifetime, many lifetimes forward. We say, how could that possibly be? And really what we're opening to there is possibility that we don't know what's gonna happen, but all of these different possibilities are available to us from the future. And sometimes something can happen in what we call the future that feels like a warning to us, like something bad is gonna happen. And if we could find it, it's already here right now because time reverberates in every direction, sort of like if you dropped a pebble in the water, it reverberates in every direction. And it even reverberates to what we think of as the past. So it's, and it feels different to us. It feels more like a warning, like something could happen. And then we say, ah. That makes no sense. And then, of course, it may happen. And we have this idea of a kind of prescience about what could happen. So, my only invitation to you is to say you may want to pay attention to those prescient ideas because they may have something to teach you if you treat them with honoring and respect as opposed to. Saying that's crazy, or you're, you know, which is saying to the prescient idea that you're crazy, and uh, sometimes craziness can be useful. But that's just a thought. And I've had certainly had stories which have originated in what the person calls their future, where they have a pre-cognitive idea that something will happen, and it leads to healing because the trauma has reverberated backwards, so to speak. More often, of course, if we're not talking about our current lifetime, our traumas originate in what we call past lifetimes. And the important thing here to say is that soul comes through two different lines. It comes through an energetic line, which is what we call the karmic line, or if you believe in... uh, reincarnation that we literally lived other lifetimes and we lived lifetime after lifetime after lifetime and from that point of view you could say lifetimes are to souls as years are kind of to us um if that's your belief structure Um, and certainly you can go and look at this stuff and there's a lot written about it if you're interested So it can come through that line, and we've talked a lot about that. It can also, soul also can come through blood and the bloodline. But when I'm thinking about blood, it's not the literal blood. It's blood as an energetic, and blood as an energetic also carries soul. But that is, of course, a different kind of um, soul-carrying phenomena. And really, then, what we say is we can live literally we can play out the stories of our blood ancestors. And um, why I say I don't think that it's literal blood is that something could traumatize an ancestor after they were involved in the birth of the person who was our immediate ancestor. So if it was literal blood, it would be hard to know if something traumatized you at age 30, but you gave birth to, you know, uh, a girl who becomes your great-grandmother at age 20, well, theoretically, then it shouldn't affect you, but you can remember what happened to your great-great-grandmother after her daughter is born. So from that point of view, I would say um, it's not just about the material levels of cells and blood. It's about something that's really much more energetic and soulful, Um, which is not to deny that we also carry them in the material levels as what we call cellular memory. That also, I believe, is a very useful concept. I just don't think it's the whole deal. So we've talked a lot about stories of karma. We haven't talked so much about genealogical stories and there are several of them in this part of our book. Um, One that was really striking, I mean, what's striking to me is because you'll find out that they play out like everything else. It's just, there's a trauma and you're living out the trauma, it's just this time you're living out, you know, the trauma of an ancestor. And you reenact that as an echo. Also, just like you do with the karmic stories. And what's been really interesting there are two stories that are in the book. And what was compelling about One of them, excuse me, is that I had a young man in my office, and he was working on something in his mother's line about four generations back, and uh, it was about repressed anger and how that played out, which was an issue for him, and it was actually very useful to him. But what was really stunning is when, you know, his mother, who was waiting for him in the waiting room, she was going to drive him off, and she... I heard her say to him, You know, I know this might sound funny, but I was wondering if you actually did something on my line because when you were in there, I actually could feel different and I felt something become lighter and it felt like it was about uh, unresolved or unmetabolized anger, which was really quite stunning um, because, of course, she didn't know what was going on in the session, but she could literally feel it and it impacted her. And that suggests something really quite remarkable, which is that even if in a literal sense, we don't change the past. In an energetic sense, we can go and change the past and it changes everything. And that's really quite remarkable that we can literally transform the past and it has an impact throughout generations. Um, and that idea makes me want to cry, actually, that we, you know that we have all of our ancestors here, our energetic ancestors and our blood ancestors. and uh, we can be of service and that's really quite an extraordinary thing and then of course we have this other story in there with uh, a woman you know who was feeling very uh, scared and making herself small has a vision of what she realizes is you know uh, a woman who is like a great great grandmother who she knows nothing about and she sees her getting beaten by her husband and uh, she helps this woman heal and uh, go, go over and let go, which had a big impact on her. But what was really stunning is that she had uh, a cousin who was into genealogy, who sent her pictures of, of what this woman would be, who she knew nothing about. And it was exactly the woman she had seen in her inner worlds. And what was known about this woman was that she just disappeared and no one knew what happened to her. And uh, there was some sense that her husband, who something was written about, had been very cruel. And uh, suddenly this woman disappeared and there were six children under the age of 10 and she just disappeared. And all of this was documented. So it's really quite amazing that when we attune on some levels, we can literally literally get verification for some of what's going on. Now, of course, if that's not your interest, it doesn't really matter because both of these sessions were profoundly healing for our clients. So that's really what does matter. But all of these things also, if you're philosophically interested in it, you can go and begin to explore. Of course, as we said before, if you don't, it's totally outside of your realm to open to this possibility that things from other lifetimes could have such an impact on us. We just won't call them other lifetimes. We can call them personal mythology. We can call them like undreamed dreams. And of course, when we have a dream, there are many characters and who creates the dream. So if something resonates for us, when we focus on the sensation, and we see all these characters, Well, you could say it reveals something about us. We could talk about it as the imaginal realms, and by that, I mean not imagination, but it's more of a depth psychology concept, the sense of the imaginal, and it's uh, more real than just simple imagination. So all of that's possible. Um, And of course, things can start in other strange places, too, like parallel universes. We've had stories like that where you literally see yourself, but not in... You know, not in your current situation, even though it seems like it's you. Do you know that on that level, it's, it's, like a, it's like a duplicate of you, but living a different life. We've heard stories, of course, that start in what we call the bardo or the time in between lives and contracts or covenants that are made there that seemingly are broken, however you want to make sense of that, and when we transform those, amazing stuff happens. So when we talk about all times, it's opening to the possibility that everything is available to us right now and the only thing that would limit us is the imaginal and our capacity for opening to our imagination and to all of what's possible. Dimensions, from my point of view, for what's useful here is to talk about that um, different kinds of worlds exist at different levels of vibration. And we can talk about that in many ways. One way to talk about it is like, a radio band and that, you know, there are higher and lower frequencies, which doesn't make them better or worse, but they're all there. What are these kinds of bandings that are showing up in stories? Well, the first are called elemental. Those are the, tend to be the slowest ones. They're stories of mountains or they're stories of elemental things of minerals. There are stories that we have, I think I told you about a woman who said this is funny, but I think I'm the copper that's being strip mined in this area that I am, or I've certainly seen stories of people who identify with elemental things, and it's a, you know, a very denser vibration. Um, although within the denser vibration, there are clearly the literal material levels of those vibrations, but there's also the sacred levels of those vibrations that they're healing crystals that are on those vibrations. But they can clearly, within that dimension, um, they can be at a much higher vibration. So there's that level. Then there is the level after we have the elemental. There is the level of the plants and trees and all of those levels and of course those also we've had stories of people who identify with being trees and having their limbs cut off and healing those and having quite extraordinary things they're not they're quite unusual stories but they're there and of course when we open to those dimensions we also open to the davic element or the sacred gods and goddesses of those levels right because every level has higher and lower vibration and of course we talk about plant medicine we talked about a very high vibration of the medicine that happens to reveal itself as a plant right and then of course there are animals which is the third level of vibration and animal vibrations people i've seen several stories where people identified with animals. One of them was really interesting because I was doing a demonstration in front of a whole series of relatively traditional social workers. And the person I did the demonstration with who was there, but not so traditional, turned out to be a bird in the story. It was really quite healing for him. And uh, I could see eyes rolling. And the only way I could say to them is, well, look, it doesn't matter if this person really was a bird or not. Think of it as if you're a traditional therapist, like play therapy, and the story of that bird, however you want to understand it, whether you literally think it's true that he and another's life was a bird, or you think that it uh, archetypically resonates in some way, it doesn't matter because, you know, a sense of a caged bird who's suddenly free, which reveals a lot about a person's lifetime, and they feel. A uh, transformation of being trapped and caged to being freer. What does it matter if they literally were bird or not? And then we have human levels, and human levels, of course, play out in all kinds of different ways. Much of which we've already talked about, so I don't want to talk so much about those levels. We talk about particular cases of those levels of people who carry a very high vibration, but are empaths and like not knowing who they are and where they begin and where other people begin and. Uh, we do a lot of work with people who are profoundly empathic and um, carry a very particular kind of vibration that you know is uh, very healing, but can also be difficult if you don't know what's yours and what someone else's. So we talk about that some of the book, and then we have the levels that go from that level where we have stories of gods and goddesses. Um, well, we have stories basically that we. Uh, lump into things that are beyond this dimension which are extraterrestrial and literally there are stories of extraterrestrials and in those stories uh, people sometimes identify with being human and being traumatized in an extraterrestrial story Um, so you know we have these stories as we said about abduction or implants or there are stories of uh, walk-ins that take over people and they feel like they've been pushed aside by the walk-in because it wasn't by choice or they invite in a walk-in and then they feel like they lose control of their bodies. Um, That actually, I've seen that story on several occasions and it's quite terrifying for people when that happens, but we can handle that, of course, if you can identify what the problem is. Um, Then there are other stories, of course, where the client identifies with someone with a being who is extraterrestrial and often those stories are like this doesn't feel like home to me. And uh, people who have difficulty metabolizing food, it's often because they don't really identify with being human when you do something about that. You know, uh, really something quite extraordinary can happen. Or, you know, there are stories of being on a mission and then feeling like they were misled or ending up in the wrong place or having some kind of trauma happen on the journey from dimension to dimension. Or there's countless numbers of stories like that. So however we want to make sense of those stories, uh, you can read about some of them in the book. They're really quite powerful stories. Um, And like I said, other people have written stories about these things also, but we've tried to categorize them for you. And then, of course, there are other stories that are about gods and goddesses or angels and, you know, um, very powerful stories happen around what we call fallen angels. Um, And angels were traumatized either because of their identifying with being human or uh, a sense, which is a particularly challenging story, if uh, something happens in like on the earth and there's a guardian angel who's watching over the earth and their job really is to hold it with love and compassion. And they want to, you know, rectify the situation uh, and try to fix it. And then that makes them feel more dense. And then, of course, when, you know, all the people there are cursing the gods and goddesses for, like, not caring for them, they take on all of that guilt and then they come crashing through dimensions. And uh, that can be a very, very difficult situation for someone who feels like, subjectively, the vibration is very high, but they've crashed through because of the sense of, like, not being able to just be with what is, but having to make it, different and having an attachment to a different result. So all of these things are there. And it's really, it's a very good way of understanding uh, dimensionality, because then we can begin to talk about dimensions in all kinds of other ways, which we allude to in the book, but I'm not going to talk about here right now. Then we talk about levels. And levels really you know, there's many ways to talk about levels. The way we talk about it in the book that I think is really useful is to say that if we're energetic beings, well, what are we? There are three kinds of energetics that we can apply to ourselves, right? There is what we call fields and centers and what we call meridians. And they are like, you know, a field is like a field and a meridian is like a center and I mean, a chakra is like a center. We call the chakras, and the meridians are like rivers that flow. And of course, the idea here is that we want our fields to be integrous. So we talk about when a field is fractured. What happens? It's like you're like having a flat tire, and all of you, everything like leaves, or it's like a part of you isn't there, or it's like a, it's like you're broken into pieces and pieces that aren't able to really be in relationship with each other and all of those are field phenomena you know so we're looking for whole fields integrated fields and trauma breaks that apart centers whether we talk about them as chakras and you know chakras are literal energetic fields that you can actually measure uh and you know you can measure the ones that are theoretically attached to bodies and I think I've been told that they actually have done such measurements on the mummies in Egypt or there are other systems that talk about chakras that are not just in the material bodies but in the energetic bodies which we could talk about later so that they even go far beyond what are our material bodies and then move typically from systems that are seven chakras to systems that are like 12 chakras Um, but whatever way you want to talk about them we want our chakras to be clear and if they're not clear then we lack clarity and it's really about relationship chakras are about that which hold things together they're like bandings in a way of like, you know, it's what holds something together with something else. So it could be our relationship with our ancestors, our relationship with our creativity, our relationship with our willingness, our relationship with our compassion, with our capacity to uh, really listen and speak what's true with our capacity for vision so you know it's our relationship with all these things our capacity to be in relationship with the oneness of life and so that's what that is and you know our hope of course is that our our chakras are clear or we could talk about them again in terms of centers which we've talked about a lot you know the gut center and boundaries or the heart center and uh feelings or the head center and uh emotions, I mean, uh, uh, thoughts and beliefs. And um, so I guess the only other thing to say about um, these levels are, you know, on one level, they do vibrate on different levels, uh, clearly, but on another level, they are um, all in relationship with each other. And in that way, they're non-hierarchical while they're also hierarchical. So we've talked briefly about you know all these things, and the hope again with this is that we become integrated, that we become clear, and that we are, as they say, in the flow as opposed to frozen. Uh, however, we want to make sense of that. So we've now gone through all of the possibilities because if we know about these, then we can open to possibilities and ways of understanding what's happened to us and how to transform it. That if we don't think about these kinds of energetics, it becomes harder to realize and have words for. And it's much easier if you words for something. So thank you for accompanying me on this part of the journey. And from now on, everything we're going to talk about is how you do it. Um, And we'll talk pragmatically about how you do it. And we'll see where we go. So thank you again. And if you have any questions or any conversation you want to have, please feel free always to write. I will respond. uh, Ahan, A-H-A-H-N at lifecenteredtherapy.com. And then of course, if you want to know about our work, go to Life Centered Therapy. You'll find all about our work. You'll find all about our practitioners, our certified practitioners. You'll find about our training, which has now been online, but we'll go back to live and online training. We've spent an awful lot of time on online training, um, uh, both in terms of our first year training, which is what this is about, and our second year training, which I will talk about in a later podcast, because that's really about other steps that people can be involved with, so you can learn about that. Um, and of course, you can buy our book which would be great, The One Hour Miracle, please do buy it, please write reviews, and I hope you enjoy it, and of course, we would love to have any any reflections. So with having said that, until we meet again, I wish you well, and uh, be kind to yourself, and happy becoming whole, and remembering who you are, and being free.